All right, welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have James Krause on the show. Uh, James Krause is a UFC fighter, just fought at 170 in Yas Island, Fight Island, had a great performance over Claudio Silva. Um, he's a fantastic fighter. He's won seven of his last eight fights in the UFC, but he's also a great coach. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman. Um, that's right up my alley. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting to know him a little bit more. So let's get started. All right, James, welcome to the show, buddy. Man, thank you for having me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Mike Swick fan. Have been oh, for a long time. I appreciate it. It's, it's pretty cool to be able to talk to you. Thanks, man. Well, it's great to talk to you as well. You know, you, well, there's so many facets of, of you to talk about. <laughs> you're a coach. You're a fighter, <laughs> and you fought for so long. You just made me feel really old. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, I, I've been, I've been after, I've been after it for a minute. This is uh, uh, October was 14 years for me. Wow, that's a long time, man. That's good though. That's good. Pro and amateur, pro and amateur, fourteen years. So, yeah. Well, well, congratulations, man. You just fought what a couple of weeks ago on the uh, Ortega card, and uh, man, good job. Great fight. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's, uh, not uh, I said this in my in my thing. Not my not my best work, but uh, short notice with a with a bum knee. You know, I'm I'm not happy with my performance, but I am happy with my performance given the circumstances. You know. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Anytime you get a win, that you know, is, yeah. anytime you get a win there, it's great. So. Yeah, I've heard you say that, you know, and I'm, I'm more so like an entrepreneur. I love business. That's my that's my forte right now. I do feel I'm a better coach than a fighter like yourself. It's just not as much my passion as, as business and, and building and, and doing what I'm doing. Um, but as, as someone who has coached a lot and, uh, you know, you got to look at the circumstances. I know that was a question that was brought to your attention. But, you, you know, as a coach, you got to look at the circumstances. And I think under your circumstances, you did very, very well. I was very happy with how you fought. Um, you know, you had a bad leg. I think you, what really showed was your fight IQ and your experience. You know, I think ev watching you when you had that fight, everything you did, you thought about, you know, you were always, you were always measuring what he was doing, where he was going, what, where he how he was feeling. I noticed at one point he was tired. He was backed against the cage and you, you opted to throw a body shot, which was perfect, you know, because you knew he was tired. Um, and, and you, you was a real, real well thought out fought. And I thought that was or fight. Sorry. And I thought it was really good. You know, that showed your experience and, uh, you know, he was wailing overhands and kicks and, and just kind of desperately doing things while you were just strategically picking them apart. And I think, you know, getting a win over someone like that, uh, you know, 14 fights in a row, you know, you had an injured leg and just to completely pick them apart and get a 30-27 unanimous is pretty damn good, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I, just, I felt like uh, stylistically I was a pretty tough matchup for him. Um, you know, I, I think you know this, but a lot of those guys in the UFC are very, very one-dimensional. They're yeah. either good strikers with decent takedown defense, or they're good grapplers. So I feel like I'm good everywhere. You know, I, I'm I can grapple pretty well. I can strike pretty well. I can I can wrestle fairly well. But even for the guys that uh, that wrestle a little better, I'm I think I'm harder to hold down. So uh, I just felt like I was a tough matchup for him, and I didn't think that he would. He's not known to be like a cardio machine or anything like that. So I, I thought the I thought the cardio would. I just assumed the cardio would cancel each other out since uh, it was short notice for me. I did. I mean, the volume was like, just yeah. looking back on, I <laughs> always try to double my opponent's volume. That's a goal of mine in every yeah. single fight is always double volume. Uh, and my volume wasn't near as high as it normally is. But given the open stance, you know, righty versus lefty, it's you have to be a little bit more backhand dominant than, yeah. uh, than, than the lead hand. So, uh, I just basically was just, you know, looking for that draw two the entire fight. It's pretty much the only thing I was, you know, trying to throw is a draw two up top and, a, and then a straight two of the body. I couldn't really kick. I couldn't really knee. I couldn't really move a lot. You know, I, I almost fell over a couple times trying to move to my right. Uh, 
yeah, so like like I said, uh, it's not my best performance, but with the circumstances that were put in front of me, I felt like you know I did what I had to do to win. So that I'll take it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like I says, I'm not I'm not overly proud of it, but uh, I will. You know, wins a win, so I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, he did look a little bit tired toward the end, but his toughness showed, and that's why he's won so many fights. I mean, he was still going. You guys yeah. were still brawling in the third. I mean, he definitely had no stopping him. So. That's something that's yeah. you know equals to cardio sometimes. He's tough as shit. There's no doubt about that. He's super tough because I hit him with some. I hit him with some really clean right hands, and he didn't. I mean, I hurt him a couple times, but he never really went away. You know, what I mean, he never showed me that he wanted out of the fight ever. You know, he, he's tough. He's a tough dude. And like you said, that's that, I think that's why he's won a lot of fights. Is he's still game through 15 minutes. Yeah, and I saw that this was like kind of a second opportunity for that fight. How short a notice did you have to take this fight? Like, how long did you have to prepare for it? was initially offered to me on eight weeks it's been, it was offered to me three times oh, three so times it was offered to me yeah three well actually it's more than that <laughs> on this specific fight it was offered three times but yeah. I've, I've been offered to fight him in the past once or twice oh wow and for whatever reason our, our schedules didn't line up uh whatever but they offered it on eight weeks notice and i accepted the fight and uh they they ended up just pulling me from the fight they you know I, I didn't know this at the time, but they just basically said, hey, we're going to bring you stateside and we're going to give you a, a, a better opponent. I didn't know what that meant, like a tougher guy or I, I didn't know what that meant, but they just they pulled me from the fight. I accepted it and everything. And uh, that was eight weeks notice. And then <clears throat> around three and a half weeks out, four weeks out, they offered to, to me again. They said, hey, the guy that we got for this guy, he backed out. Do you want the fight? I said, man, like I just took a fight on 24 hours notice. I'm not trying to take another short notice fight. Yeah. And I wasn't really like training. Uh, I always trained, but I wasn't like training super hard. You know, I was like, I don't know. I was training hard enough, but not. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to do another short notice fight. And then, so I hit my management up, and then I basically realized that if I didn't fight on the fight island, that I wasn't going to fight again for the rest of the year because I have. I mean, I'm other coaching fights. like every other weekend yeah. for the rest of the year, so there's no. Anyway, so I started training. I trained really hard for a week, and I'm like, man, I, I feel really good. I was like, you know, let's see if we can jump on something short notice. So my manager, uh, you know, Jason House hit up Sean Shelby. And he's like, "Hey, is there any any openings for Krause to jump on short notice?" And he's like, "Yeah, the Claudio Silva fight's still open." <laughs> I was like, All right, well, I guess so. It ended up being 13 days notice on on this one that I ended up having for uh, for this fight. But I, I train every day, twice a day. Yeah, you know, I'm course. in the gym 24 seven. So it the 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 shape isn't always a thing for me. You know, you know the difference. There's good shape and there's fight shape. Right. I wasn't in fight shape, but I was in good shape and. Uh, it was it was enough, you know. But that experience showed. How was it fighting in Abu Dhabi and going through that whole uh, the quarantine and all the different you know scenarios there to to get ready for a fight and fighting without an audience and all that? Yeah, so I've been there. I've been there twice now as a coach and as a fighter. And I gotta be honest, man, it's really tough as a fighter. Yeah. It's it is it's really difficult with the. I mean, you're talking about a 16 hour flight to start with, which isn't bad because they put you in first class. They really take care of you. It's it's you know it's nice, but when you get there, there's a nine hour time change from when, where I live. So 16 hour flight, nine hour time difference. And you have to change the way you sleep because I fought, my fight was at three thirty AM in the morning. So yeah. you have to change the way you sleep too. Yeah, so yeah. I was going to bed at around 8 AM and waking up evening. You know what I mean? So, and I initially was supposed to check in at 11 and then the day of weigh-ins, they moved my check-in time back to almost 2 AM. So, or I'm sorry, almost, a, yeah, almost to 2 a.m. And it just really messed up my sleep a little bit. So, like, I feel like you're seeing a real saturated uh, 
performance from some of these guys, you know, uh, like the, the, the Usman Masvidal fight, both those guys just looked, uh, and I'm not taking anything away from those guys. They're both incredible fighters, obviously, but they just looked really worn. You know what I mean? And like, and I said that it's the travel. Everybody looks like shit. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's guys that look decent, but I think as a whole, you're getting a very saturated version of what these fighters really are because they're tired. They're not getting proper sleep. They're coming off of a flight. The food is weird there. Like everything is just different, you know? So it's, uh, you've seen a lot of guys have like some busted performances and you know, the guys that even win or aren't looking their best and you know, you're, you're still getting good ones here and there, but it's a, it's a really tough change to, to make all that work. It's, it's very difficult dealing with the sleep, dealing with the nutrition, like all the things, all the X factors you have to go through there. It's really difficult as a, as a fighter to, to do it. I was only getting, like, I was seeing like one and two hours of daylight a day. So that right there alone will mess with you. Like it's, it's weird, man. It's, it's a, it's a different animal for sure. Yeah. I just had Dana on the podcast and, and he was, you know, Dana was, uh, he had a quite a rant on about the media, obviously being so negative and, and, uh, and on how they report and and one of the things that i mentioned during that podcast with dana was you know it's it's shocking that like i have so much respect for these guys that have just kept pushing through and going over there and going through all these different uh schedule changes quarantines flights away from their family you know sicknesses and 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 stuff like that and it, there's nothing reported about that because there's just nothing no. interesting for the for the media to gain a bunch of clicks and gain a bunch of views and gain a bunch of advertising dollars for. So I haven't seen a single article giving credit to any fighter for going over there or or for the the group of fighters as a mass for the UFC uh, for going over there and continuing to entertain the world with their sport going through a much much harsher as you put it condition and and they're doing it and they're doing it every single weekend and and you know the ufc's got a little bit of credit from the mainstream but not from the as much from the mma and the mma world but uh for the fighters they haven't gotten anything like they haven't gotten any real credit unless they win and then if they don't win they get they get dogged for looking like shit and like you know not doing a good you know not having a good performance or whatever yeah no it's you're i mean you're exactly right The, the thing about my guys i told him i said man like I hear a lot of like the coaches bitching about going over there. I'm like, dude, send my guys over there. Like, we're ready. My guys are always ready. Like, yeah. I don't have a problem going over there. Let's let's go. I'm I'm ready to rock. Like, I'll jump on a plane today and go over there. Uh, my guys are always ready to go. And the 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 great thing about it is like you're not the only one dealing with it. You know what I mean? So like your opponent has to deal with the same thing. Yeah. So for me, I feel like my team is built like anytime that you deal with an X factor, there's some some kind of X factor at play that's not normally there. I feel like my team has an advantage in that you know like we the way we train the way we do things like it it's just we're we're built for those x x factors you know what i mean we're built for the 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 things the distractions we're built for that and and i feel like my team always seems to excel whenever those situations uh come up so like i'm i send me over there i'll go over there the whole time you know what i mean like you, you have somebody on every week i'll go let's go and obviously, you're getting more and more known as a coach, um, and people are seeing how much you've coached and how much you've done, and, and, and all the fighters that you're bringing up and stuff. And I've, and I've heard you say that you're not an MMA coach as much as a life coach. Explain that to me. Like, it's like a it's like a lifestyle for you guys, in other words, right? Well, you know, you know as well as I do that it's not about. I mean, it is about it is about uh, what these guys do in the gym and stuff like that. But this game is mostly mental, anything you right. know, a- everywhere. So like, if you have mental things going on outside of the gym they affect what happens in the gym right so it's not you you can't uh you can't just focus on punches and kicks like that every dude you know as well as i do that everybody at that level is good at jiu-jitsu they're good at wrestling they're good you know they can not strike they have all the in, the intangibles everybody at that level is a ferrari 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but sometimes what type of gas you put in the Ferrari is all the difference in the world. So right. I, you know, I, I just try to, uh, I, I try to help these guys. I've got a lot of life experience and MMA experience. So I try to help these guys through the things that I've already been through. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I was one of the first ones to do it where I'm from, you know, like I know like on the coast and stuff like that, California, Florida, black belts, high level fighters are diamond dozen. find them on every block. Not where I'm from. Right. You know what I mean? Like, when I started doing jujitsu, there was no black belts. The highest rank here in Kansas City was was a blue belt. Right. You know, so it it just it, we're it, we're slow to get it. So like, but I feel like I've got a lot of experience. I've been through a lot of things in the sport and in life. Uh, you know, I had a rough, a fairly rough upbringing and and stuff like. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is is like I try to just fast track my guys to to be able to help them. And and you gotta you gotta help them through life before you can help them through anything else. You know, there, there's a reason why they they have you put the oxygen mask on on you first before right. you put it on somebody else because yeah. if you can't if you can't help yourself you can't help anybody else you know so uh, yeah i mean you just got to you got to you got to help them navigate through life it's not about it's not about fighting speaking of bjj and, and how hard it was where you were coming up at I, I heard that you you learned bjj off youtube is that correct how great is youtube i, I still to this day haven't really had a jiu jitsu coach like i i i've pretty much taught myself jiu jitsu i mean i don't I've got, I've got a guy that gives me a belt, you know, but like, I, I, I just, I've been doing it for so long. I just learned along the way and guys, yeah. you know, here and there. And I'll be honest, I think it's a good thing for me because I've never really adapted to one specific style. You know, I've changed styles throughout my entire Mix it up. Uh, career. You know, I've been wrestling heavy. I've been jujitsu heavy. I've been, you know, I, I know how to play the different positions. I, uh, and, and I think that's, it's, uh, one of the things I'm lesser known for as a coach is, is, organization of your game and I've, I've talked about this like i feel like there's five things that we do as a team that are different than than uh than most teams but one of them is the organization of your game and i feel like because i've went through different phases and i haven't adapted to one specific coach i feel like that i'm able to kind of do that you know like hey this works better here right. this works better here like if you're fighting an athlete don't sit in side mount because they're one underhook away from getting back up just step to half guard to to make them technically get up it's like athletic versus technical positions Anyway, like I feel like because I've kind of taught myself, I'm able to see which of those works at what time and, right. you know, uh, at what point in the fight do you do this? And, you know, I just experienced to, to see that because I haven't been in a cookie cutter. This is my coach. I'm going to grapple like him. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and let me ask you, what is it initially that got you into martial arts? Like, like, what did you do before martial arts? And then what was it that got you into martial arts? Let's move back to the beginning a little bit. Yeah. I started in MMA when I was 20. Like I didn't do anything before. It was just I started in MMA, but I played basketball mostly, you know, yeah. before that. But uh, I, I think I really liked the sport. I fell in love with the sport because it's kind of like the. Uh, I got picked on a lot in school. I was really small. Yeah. I graduated high school at five foot eight, 155 pounds. Oh wow! So I'm like six two now. So I, I in freshman year I was under 100 pounds and I was five foot nothing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, so I got I got picked on a lot. But I think what I what I really enjoy about the sport is it's kind of like the, the the primitive end of the road, right? So what I mean by that is like uh, if you and I get into it and you can say, hey man, my car is nicer than yours, and I say, well my house is nicer than yours, well, I'm faster than you, well, I'm yeah. stronger than you, it ends with I can beat you up, yeah. right? Like there's no like <laughs> if, once I say that. I can beat you up, if you say I got more money than you, I can beat you up. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like that's the end of the road, right? Like it, there is no more argument after that, and I, that's always intrigued me for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like just the ability to to be able to defend myself and like, I love the confidence that comes with it. You know, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's, uh, 
I haven't, I haven't had a ton of like great uh, parenting or role models growing up. And I really feel like the sport has kind of molded me into, into a man, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll make a, it'll make a, a grown man out of you. If you're, if you're around enough, there's a, there's so many life lessons that come with it. Right. Uh, I love the fact that you can use your brain to beat an athlete. You can be athletic to, to beat somebody smarter than you. There's so many different ways to win. You know what I mean? And, and I, I just, it's kind of an analogy for life for me. You know what I mean? Like it's not a cookie cutter way. Like there's so many different ways to do things. And, and, uh, it's just really kind of the sport has been a role model for me, you know, to, to, to learn and to grow and to, and to become a man really. That's awesome, man. And do you think your lack of, 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 uh, like, I guess parenting or whatever you had growing up caused you to be such a, a good and, and motivated coach so early? Cause it seems like you wanted to be a coach or, and, and were a coach at an early uh, stage of your career. So, so was that something that led for maybe you not having the right, uh, I guess, leadership, and then you kind of wanted to help other people more and, and provide that leadership. And then you just took on that role really fast or, or what was it that really made you start helping other people before you even got your career going? I think it's people asking initially, you know, like when I started, it's, it's kind of like, it was kind of like, a if you're a six-year-old kid competing in any sport against a five-year-old kid, like that one year, was huge right like the maturity of one year was so big right so whenever i started it was like i had like six months experience over a lot of guys and that was so big right right so it wasn't and we didn't have coaches by the way it wasn't like a official coaches like guys getting together and sparring and rolling every day so right that six months or whatever that i had over everybody was just a really big advantage and they just asked me you know imagine like a i'm two years in or whatever and i just didn't quit you know imagine a four-stripe white belt rolling with that's never done anything like there's a big gap there you know and it's still white belt but there's a big gap between a four stripe white belt and somebody that just started you know that's yeah. kind of what it was and uh i just never quit man like i, I don't <laughs> i really don't think that i'm like uh i don't think that i'm overly good you know what i mean like i just i never quit i've never quit the sport ever and i i, I the longest i've ever taken off is uh a month or two whenever i had surgery on my uh or i i tore my hamstring in three different places but even then i'm in the gym every day watching and you know what i mean like i've never taken time away from the sport and i just i'm i'm a person that just doesn't go away you know what i mean I, and i think there's value in that i think there's value in just like hanging around and that's kind of my fighting style too like if you're a guy that you're banking on getting somebody out of there in the first round i'm probably not the guy that you want to fight you know right. what i mean like i've made a career out of hanging around and not going anywhere yeah right and obviously you're, you're postponing kind of your fights now, uh, according to your own students and your own fighters. You said, you mentioned that you don't have any fights or you can't have any fights in, in Q4 and beginning of next year, Q1. Are you looking to, is it more satisfying for you to be known as a good coach now or a good fighter? Like what, what, what is more important to you, um, in regards to that? Well, if, if you were to tell me, James, I think you're a really good fighter, I would really appreciate that. But if you were to tell me, James, I think you're a really good coach, that would mean more to me uh, as a coach. Like, I, uh, I, this is going to sound super arrogant. I know I'm a good fighter and I know I'm a good coach, but I don't feel like everybody knows that I'm a good coach yet. So it's really important to me. And it means more to me. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's more important to me. I feel like I've done everything that I wanted to in my career of fighting. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I've never cared about a title or rankings or any of that shit. Like, I've never said I wanted to be a champion. Like, I don't, I don't care. For me, uh, for me, fighting is about like, I collect a paycheck. I use that paycheck to, to invest, make more money and make my life good. Right. But I really thoroughly enjoy coaching. Like I enjoy, like I see these guys lives change 
overnight. You know what I mean? I had a guy, Kevin Kroom, a few weeks ago, took a fight on, you know, 48 hours notice, uh, came in two weight classes above, like four or five to one underdog, and come in, win in 30 seconds, bonus, and change his life. Yeah, like, like, it changed his life. And it did for me, too. My first fight I won, I double bonus in the UFC and changed my life. You know, but I just – I get to see, I get to be a part of this. And there's, this is what I've always said. There's, there's like a moment after that, after that win that, and I, I know you've been a part of this before. There's a moment after that win to where, you know, that person, uh, better than anyone, right? Like, uh, you know, on, yep. on the, on Batman where the Joker's like <laughs> the moment before you die, like, uh, you get to see inside their soul. And like, so technically I know your friends better than you. And that's kind of what, like minute or two of raw this realness like before everything starts to settle like there's this moment of realness and like their mom doesn't know him like that their dad yeah. doesn't know him like that you there's nobody that gets to see within that beside and you know what i'm talking about yeah. you know what i mean like you i i know you've coached and you've been a part of uh, a, a part of those moments and nobody can see inside of what's going on better than you can in that moment you know and five minutes later it'll settle and then everything will go back to normal but yeah. there's a raw real emotion that nobody else can see other than who's right there at that moment. You got to think about it. It's an honest sport and it's a grueling sport and it pushes you to your absolute max. So it's, and because of that mm -hmm. honesty and transparency, you can actually see things that, that most people can't see. And so it's like things become transparent and you can really read what's inside somebody's soul. And, and I've seen it good and bad very, very many times. Yeah. It's, it's, you just, you just hit it. It's, it's so extreme on, on both sides. You know what I mean? Like, and, you see the bad part too, yeah, you know, absolutely. you see the, you see guys that you thought were the, you know, the toughest guys you could ever meet balling their eyes out. And, and it is, it's a real sport. It's raw. There's no lying in this sport. At some point the truth will come out. And that's what I love about it. You just said it's such an honest sport. I love that about it. Yeah. And you know, to, to your credit to, to, um, to make you feel a little bit better since you are looking for that recognition. Um, Javier Mendez is one of my best friends. And I think it's no doubt one of the best coaches in, in the world th that there's ever been. I mean, he's built champion after champion. We talk every single day. I don't know how we still have uh, interesting podcasts because we literally talk two to three hours a day. It's unbelievable. And I was talking to him like four, maybe five hours ago. And, and I'm always briefing him on what's going on and stuff. And I said that I had you on the show and I don't know who he follows and who he doesn't follow. And like, you know, I know that he's, he's so into the sport and knows everybody, but I mean, there's 600 fighters in the UFC. So I said I had James Krause on the show. I'm like, yeah, he just fought in Abu Dhabi. I was starting to give him like a little bio about yourself so he knew who you were, you know. And I was like, I have James Krause on the show. And, uh, you know, he, he fought in Abu Dhabi up there, had a great, great fight and everything. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, I know who he is. He's a great fighter. He goes, bro, you got to ask him about his coaching. He's a coach, man. He coaches a lot of guys and he's really good. So I was like, from, from a level of like getting admiration from somebody, that's hopefully that makes you feel a little bit yeah. better because he was real adamant on it me does, talking man. about your coaching. It, it really does. That's yeah. awesome. People recognize it, man. Awesome, one of the, man. one of the best coaches in the world. I mean, I was surprised. I was like, wow, I knew, you, you know, obviously from, from doing research on you and knowing your career and everything, yeah. but uh, I was very surprised that that's what he hit me with. And then he was like, man, tell him, he goes, tell him I said that, tell him I said that, uh, that his coaching's really good and talk to him about it, man, because you know, he's, he's coaching, he's fighting, he's doing all this stuff at the same time. That's a hard thing to do. Man, that's that's that makes me feel really good. True story. That's the type of stuff that you know that really fires me up. Hey, what's up, guys? I want to take a second to thank our sponsors. Our first being Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast, the best below-the-waist trimming product on the market by far, where you can get precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. 
your balls will love you. Just go to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, enter code QUICK, and you get 20% off plus free shipping. And then they're going to know that I sent you because you use code QUICK, and that's going to support me, support the podcast, support you and your below-the-waist grooming needs, and everybody's happy. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. Being an entrepreneur, um, I have to ask you though, um, you know, you, you want to be, uh, you're an entrepreneur, you want to have a career after fighting and, and, and pursue things, but you being a trainer, you have to understand obviously that there's only so much you can earn and so much you can do as a trainer and so much you can do and earn as a fighter. What is your take on that? Like, what do you have set up and what are you looking to have set up for after this, after the fighting, after the, you know, coaching and training and everything, or are you wrapping that all into something uh, tangible later? Yeah, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all in the one, right? Like I have a, so I'm in my, my gym right now. Uh, I have three gyms in the nice. Kansas city area. Um, they all do, they do pretty well. Uh, but I'm, I'm really big into real estate. I have, uh, nice. two Airbnbs and then five like longer term rentals. Nice. Uh, I own this, the building that the gym is in, which we lease out to tenants. Um, real estate is really where my, my investment mind goes. Uh, but in terms of, you know, from, from a business standpoint, the gyms, the gyms do well, uh, the gyms and real estate are really where like, I'm kind of setting myself up, you know, being in a position where I don't have to fight, like, and I'm never going to be like strong armed into, into taking a fight that I don't want to take. It puts me in a good position, you know, like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have to fight so I can kind of pick my schedule and, uh, you know, I, I, the UFC isn't fond of that at times, you know, I think they want me to fight a little bit more than what I, than what I want to. And that's fine. You know I mean? They, they have every right to, to want to do that or whatever, but. I, you know, I just feel like being in a, in a position to where I can control the cards, you know, that I, I can't ever count on somebody else to, to pay my bills. And I've been in the UFC since 2013 and I've just never gotten like a sense of security from that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, I hate the fact that somebody else can, can control my income, you know? And I just, I've never felt good with that. So, uh, I've really worked hard to, to, to not rely on them. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, like I said, it's just a, it's a great spot to be in to where you don't have to fight. Yeah. And I think you're real smart about this, man. Honestly, I feel the same way about, uh, that you do about something. I heard you make a comment about it and it seems like the internet went crazy when Dana White said that the UFC is an opportunity, not a career. And, and so many bloggers and journalists and, and even ex fighters were like, cra went crazy about it. And they didn't understand it from, I think the standpoint that I, and you understand it. Um, a career is something that you can do for a long period of time, you know, and, and, and you can retire yeah. from, and when you retire from a career career, of course you call UFC a career. Of course we all call it a 
career, a sports career, whatever. But it's not a real career. Like when, when you consider a, a real career, when you retire, you're done. You're sitting on a boat somewhere. You're, you're sitting at home with your family. You know, it, it's, it's actually over. Um, but it is an opportunity and, and it is a chance for you to gain money, gain popularity, which is what I kind of use to, to build my post career which is what I consider my career business, you know? Um, and I think you, you agreed with that. And, and, and I think that's very smart of you to, to agree to that. Cause so many people just didn't think about it all the way through. And we're just like, what? It's not a career. What do you think we're doing? Why are we fighting out there and doing all this stuff? But it's like, I mean, how many fight I've had an 11 year fight career in the UFC. That's extremely long. I mean, that's, and that's because I didn't fight a lot. I missed a lot of fights. Diego Sanchez had a longer one because from season one, because he kept fighting, but 11 years, I was, that's a really, really long, one and, and like I said that's only 15 fights so it was because I had a lot of time off and I had a lot of this but like most careers in the UFC I mean if you look at the average it's probably around five years would be an average and that would probably be a good average I would think so you can't really call that a, a full career it, but it is a great opportunity you brought Diego up like gosh I don't want that career man like look at the, look you know what I mean I'm not trying to talk shit on him I would love to fight him but like his brain is gone, man. Like, at what, like, what's the trade-off? You know what I mean? Like, if you can't, if you can't spell your name to write a check ten years from now, what good is all this in the first place? Right. You know what I mean? Like, and and you know, for me, I want to be able to hang out with my kids and have fun with my kids, remember them, and you know, like, I to me, the career that he's had is not like it's it's professional sports. Like the the goal in professional sports, any professional sport, in my opinion, get in, make money, set yourself up, get out. You can't you, like we're talking about you had 11 years like that's remarkable. You know what I mean? Like that's unheard but I was of. also doing business uh, a lot during that career. So I, there, there was a big give or take. I was losing some fights. I was having bad performances because I was, I was setting myself up for stuff that I knew would be an actual career because I knew going in I'm, from the first UFC fight I ever had. I never thought I was going to be fighting until I was 40 years old. You know what I mean? Like I knew it was going to be yes. get in there, make a name for myself, try to be a champion, try to be as famous as I can and then use whatever I can as far as financial or uh, promotional and then eventually use that to make something for my life that's going to be sustainable long term. Absolutely. That that should be everybody's goal. Dude, one of the things in this sport that breaks my heart is to watch these guys that have been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years. They walk away from the sport and you know they don't have a dollar to their name. Their brain cells are gone. They're beat up and they don't have anything, man. Like that's that breaks my heart to see. And I got, dude, I got a lot of criticism early and I know you probably did. You probably did too, but like, I got a ton of criticism early for not leaving my gym, not going to, you know, super gym or whatever and getting real looks. I stayed at home and they said I was doing too much and like, dude, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to dime him out. But Frank Trigg, Frank Trigg was always the worst one. He was always the, he was always the worst one. And he, you know, he, he, uh, he apologized and he, he, he'll admit that he was wrong now, but Dude, every interview that I did, as soon as we we're off there, he's like, dude, what are you doing, man? You got to get to a different gym. You got it. You're doing too much. I'm like, bro, like, I don't really care what you think, man. Like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it just fine. I'm winning fights. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, just because I'm doing it a little different than everybody else. And, man, I don't regret what I did, not even a little bit, because, like I said, I see these guys that were going to the super gyms, and I see these guys that were, you know, going home and taking naps after after morning practice whenever I was working. Like, I see what they're doing now, and I I won't trade where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in a good spot, and I see a lot of these guys aren't even – they're not even fighting anymore. You know, yeah. they're working a, a day job or whatever. That's not what I want to do. That's not an option for me. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%, man. Like when I knew, I knew that when I knew I couldn't be a champion, like when I knew that was out of the question, I, I was one fight away in both divisions, 70 and 80, 85, and like I lost the uh, the, the the fight with Silva with, with Yushin Okami, then that dropped me to 170. I had a health condition, and then I had to fight 170, and then I got back to title contention with Dan Hardy, and that was going to be my fight to fight GSP, lost that fight, uh, dropped that, dropped my second opportunity. And with my health condition the way it was, I couldn't eat and I was super skinny. And like, that's when I really knew that I wasn't going to be able to be a champion. Like I had two chances. I blew them. Um, you know, I was barely being able to keep my weight on, barely be able to eat. I had a, a thing. And that's when I knew I needed to, to start thinking especially a lot more about. And, and the fights I took yeah. from that point on was never longevity. It was always about, uh, you know, one of them was for fun, you know, later on when I had the gym built. The others were for like money and, 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 and getting, getting you know, substantial uh, payoffs of that I could so that I could, you know, in increase my business endeavors and stuff like that. But it's like a lot of people don't. And like, what do you think about someone like Anderson Silva being such a legend of the sport? And I know he's a martial artist to the core, but now he's retiring, maybe, maybe not, but he's 45. Like that to me is a- He's gotta a, be done. It's a tough it's thing, man. Be Cause he doesn't understand this stuff sets in like five years, 10 years later as far as CTE and, and things like that. And this, this guy was a legend an icon when I was coming up. Yeah, like I don't want to name any names. There, there, there's other guys that are are legends of the sport too that have just completely demolished their their legacy. You know, I don't think I don't think Anderson's is gone, but I think if he keeps fighting, it will be. Yeah. Um, I think he's got to be done. You know, and I know what he's thinking. He's probably going to go to Bellator and get some big paydays. You know, some couple million dollar paydays. I, I I don't know. I don't. He kept saying it's my last fight with UFC. He never says my last fight. Right. You know what I mean? So. I think he's banking on going to Bellator or something like that, which listen, man, like I'm never going to dime somebody out for trying to feed their family. But Absolutely. when you're talking about legacy, you know, if he hasn't set himself up with the amount of money that he's made, like that's a, that's a mistake on his part. You know, uh, I don't know. I think he needs to be that. My, my opinion is he needs to be done. Hopefully he set himself up. I'm surely he's made so much damn money I that he so, has. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that though. You know what I mean? Uh, but in my opinion, he needs to be done. Yeah, what do you think about the uh, the um, opposite end of the spectrum with Habib possibly retiring now? And I mean, he obviously did retire, but you know they're saying he might come yeah. back. Or whatever. I think being his teammate and and knowing what I know, which we don't know everything, we we didn't know he was going to retire. So <laughs> so and and, and yeah. you know like even even Javier. So you know who knows what he's going to do, but I think he's going to stay true to it. What do you think about something like that? I mean that that I think is the smart thing. I mean he's got so much set up now outside. He can actually be the first fighter to walk away on top and 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 be you know 29 and 0 undefeated no questions asked pound for pound one of the best and then and then yep. walk away and move on to business now I, I don't think that i don't think no matter if he came back for a 30th fight in my opinion i don't think that it's going to make his legacy any better like if he comes back and fights gsp and beats gsp let's right. just say that happens yeah i don't think it makes it any better than what it is now I agree with you yeah. you know what i mean like i i don't see it personally uh but maybe that's like you said, that we don't see everything, and maybe that's a goal of his. You know, I don't, I don't know what's inside of his brain, but I, in my opinion, his legacy does not change by beating one more person, but it will change if he loses to one guy. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't see him losing anybody, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I don't think it'll change. I think his legacy is as good as it's going to get right now. 
What do you think about, um, if you can answer this, I know sometimes politically, with, depending on who you know and the, and the fight game and stuff, but as a coach and as a fighter, what do you think about the argument of pound for pound, goat, whatever, between John Jones and Habib, considering that, that Habib's lost maybe two rounds in his life, he's never cheated, he's never, he's never had a flaw in his record, he's beat everyone he's ever fought, even in the rounds that he's lost, he's dominated and finished those fights, compared to someone who I think is a fantastic fighter, have all the respect for in the world, and John Jones, I think he could have been one of the greatest ever live, but two of those fights, that are on his professional record are not wins due to cheating in two different ways, uh, be it a disqualification, be it yeah. a drug test, um, and then he's lost many rounds. He's had controversial wins. He's had split decisions. What is your take on overall? Does he have does he have a say in, in being a better overall fighter? Do you think than Habib? Or do you think Habib did it? He, he he clarified himself as the best. There's no there's nobody putting their hands up right now saying let's do they want to fight Habib. When this when this question was initially asked, I, I actually said John Jones. But after I've been asked it a few times now, and after really diving into it and thinking about it, uh, you pretty much just hit it around the head. Like Jones Jones has won some questionable decisions. The the and the, the cheating. You know, let's just take the cheating away. That, that's a big factor. But let's just take that away. Uh, let's act like that's not there, yep. which it is. But it's let's just right. act like it's not. Yeah, he's had a couple wins. Thiago Santos, uh, Dom Reyes, like these are both split decision wins. Khabib's lost one two rounds maybe yeah you know what i mean so it's really tough to argue really tough to argue that and he's dominating i mean he's dominating guys uh and i think his schedule has been a little tougher to be honest you know what i mean like so my the short answer is is habib now is you know that would be my answer but i initially said john jones uh but after after thinking about it and really diving into it i hate the pound for pound thing i think it's so stupid but uh after really thinking about it i would have to go habib yeah, he brought out some strong points as far as John Jones, and he was fighting it pretty hard. But I just think, like, when you look at someone who's the, the greatest ever or the pound for pound or the goat or whatever, I think once you decide to cheat or once you cheat and, and get caught and, and get especially punished for it, that's like getting yep. sentenced. Like, if you're a felon, you can never unbe yep. a felon. Do you know what I mean? Like, once you're sentenced yep. for it, like, if you cheated and didn't get caught, that's one thing. But when you get caught twice, and 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 things are overturned i think you're out of the question no matter what like i don't think there's a chance you should be able to come back and, and be but that is i mean that, this has nothing to do with you and and i and i was just wanted to get your opinion as a coach and as a fighter um but what i did want to ask you about um I, I heard your side on the joaquin buckley thing and and i kind of from what i know i i kind of support your being that i have a coach and being that i have fighters that want to come in and just spar and come train and do things like that i wanted to get your side of that as well i know you said it many times hopefully you don't mind repeating it again but what is your side again on that joaquin Buckley thing he wanted to come in and just train and for whatever reason I know you have the choice being a gym owner and a trainer about whether somebody has what it takes to come in you have that choice anyway and then also these guys that just want to come in and spar all the time and and be gym heroes what, what's the story yeah so so first of all like like for me reputation is 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 everything for example like if your name has ever been brought up in conversation you know it's a small community we all talk about each other like if your name's ever been brought up i've never heard a bad word about you like never not one person has anybody ever said mike's not a cool dude whatever in conversation i have never heard anybody ever say a good word about buckley ever and he's he's close to me he lives three four hours away from me so that is just start that he hits me up saying he wants to come spar like that's not how my gym works. Like I don't have any interest in, in part-timers. Like guys don't just come in and out. You're either on my team or you're not on my team. I agree and it's that. not, I don't, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just for what I want to, to do. It's not an option, right? You're either here or you're not. Um, and he wants to, he just wants to come spar and like, he wants to, he basically wants to come fight people. Like I've, I've 
I've seen that. We don't spar hard to begin with. So, and I can send you the screenshots if you want. He said there's like bro code, so he can't post the screenshots. I'll post, I'll send them right to you. I don't give a shit. He basically just said, you know, he wants to come spar. I said, dude, that's not how it works here. He's like, well, how does it work there? I said, well, you're either on the team or you're not on the team. Like, I really don't have any interest in taking on part timers. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, that's not what I want to do. Like, I want to work with people and build, right? Like, I don't, you know, that's not. And he, he spouted off to the mouth saying something along the lines of like, uh, well, it's obvious why you don't want me to come because I do you and your whole team dirty or whatever. Good luck, though. I said, hold on a second, dude. Like, I've been in the UFC longer than you've been fighting, kid. Like, nobody – if you think for one second that anybody here is afraid of you, you're, you're crazy. You know? And once again, I'm paraphrasing, but I'll send you the screenshots if you want to see them. Uh, and he, he kept getting lippy with me. So I was like, dude, like, I'll, I'll fuck you up. Like, like I'm, you know what I mean? Like, don't – it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, like set a fight up. If you want to, if you want to come fight, I'll go back up to 85. I'm not an 80 fighter, but I'll fight him in 85. And you know, he didn't like that. And it's, it's been blown out of proportion way bigger. Like that. It, I yeah. just said that. And I said, the dude, media get the fuck it. on. Like, I don't need you here. You reach out to me. I had 35 fighters on my mat yesterday morning. You had four in the picture you posted. I don't need you. You need me. So, you know what I mean? Like you reach out to me, not the other way around. I never even asked for you. And, and, He's just, it boils down to this. He's an asshole. I don't have, I don't have patience for that. And that's not the culture of my, of my gym. Everybody in my gym is here to help one another. We're not here to fight. We're not here to spar. We're here to get better every single day. He does not fit the culture of my gym. I have, I have no desire to bring, uh, to bring somebody like that with that attitude into my gym. I just don't, I don't, I don't need it. I don't want the, uh, I don't I don't want that uh, that that type of uh, mindset coming into my gym. Like I've I've fought and I've worked too hard to change the culture to a positive culture where everybody's trying to get better and everybody's trying to help each other. Like why would I want to threaten that? Yeah, and it sounds like from it sounds like from how he talked to you afterwards, you know, the way he texts you and stuff, that he's not that kind of guy. And from someone who has a gym, so so people that don't understand, you know, I have a gym in Thailand and we get people all the time that they want to do the same exact thing. They want, we have guys like Manel Cap and big stars and, and guys that are up and coming and, you know, this, that, and the yeah. other. And they want to just come in and spar. And it's like, that ain't how it works. You know, you don't just come in and spar our guys. There's a lot of, there's a lot of variables there. You know what I mean? Like we have a program, yeah. we have it set. And you as a coach, you're in charge of that. And these guys that want to come yep. in, as you, I mean, as you can see, I, I could have pretty much assumed what you said he told you afterwards was what he would say because it's usually the same type of guys yeah. they want to come in and they just want to kind of spar around and test themselves and see where they're at because they don't know they're they're kind of insecure and so i was just curious about your standpoint and i wanted to defend you on that because i agree with you and i'm and i'm and i'm and, I'm, and i think that you made the right decision and and being a good coach and sticking to your game plan no matter what and Thank you. and you know it's funny because i can't even see what he said about you because what you said in return to him is so big on the internet and it's so many pages i can't even see the video of what he initially said that started this whole thing because it's just all your responses and when's the last time you heard me say anything like that When's the last time you heard me say anything like that to exactly. anybody? Like, I don't talk like that. You know what I mean? Like, I have a reputation. Like, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it in this sport. Like, yeah. if I said something, like, name in the in since 2013, I've been in the UFC. Find another time where I've lied, where I've conflicted what I've said. Find anything. No, yeah. like, he's been kicked out of every gym in St. Louis. Nobody wants him there. And what really irritates me is he's trying to play this nice guy thing. Like, oh, I don't know why they don't want me there. You know exactly why. Because you're a fucking mouthy asshole that, that nobody wants in there that's why but you're trying to you're trying to play the victim and that's what i just don't i don't i, I don't want that man like it's i'll, I'll defend that yeah. anyway you you understand i appreciate i appreciate that but i don't i'll send you the screenshot so you can get a laugh out of it whenever you're done but uh 
I don't want that, man. I don't need I don't need him here. Knowing what you knew about him from that experience, and then you saw that that crazy kick that he got, and then just the whole sport went crazy and turned head over heels for that kick and everything. How did you feel like as far as being that it was a person like that versus someone like yourself or or someone else that one of your one of your guys or something? Hey man, good things happen to bad people. Happens all the time, happens every day. It's life. I didn't lose a second of sleep over it. Good for him. Move on. Yeah. I agree with you. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, what do I care? I don't, you know, I don't, it was a great kick. I don't, I, I don't, it was awesome. I, you know, I'll call a spade a spade. I'm not, I'm not a hater. You know what I mean? It was yeah. a beautiful kick, man. Amazing kick against a guy that's never fought in the UFC. It was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, like I, that doesn't make you a good person though. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't mean I want you on my team. Yeah. So I, I really don't, I really don't care what he, what he does. It's about being a good person. It's about fitting my culture, man. And that he doesn't fit it. So. Yeah, I get it. Love to get a couple breakdowns from you. I want to. I'd like to know what you think about Dustin and Connor coming up. That's that's a really really intriguing matchup to me, man. Uh, gosh, I I can't pick that one, man. That's a that's a really tough one. I feel like uh, Connor is a sniper, man. But 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 Poirier has changed the way he fights. I think his fire IQ has increased drastically since, since fight, their yeah. initial fight. That's a that's a coin toss to me, man. I, I can't pick that one. Yeah. What about Hamzai Chimaev? Do you think that he's getting a little too much hype too early, or do you think he really is the the real deal? Yes, I think he's really good, but he ain't beating Leon. That yeah, is, it's gonna be a the, tough dude, one. The, the, the fact that Leon's an underdog in that fight is is whoever makes those lines should be embarrassed, or I'm gonna be embarrassed for saying that. You know what I mean? I, I'm not. Uh, he's obviously really good. But to disrespect Leon like that is insane to me. The, you know what I mean? Like it's insane, man. Like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see it yet. Like I, I'm not, I'm not on that. I'm not sold yet. If he beats Leon, dude, you'll uh, come back. I'll come back on the show and yeah. I'll apologize. You know what I mean? I'll public apology. I was wrong. You're great. You know what I mean? But I just, I don't I'm, see it. I'm with you. I see that being a hard fight. I didn't even know they were putting Leon as an underdog in that fight. I'm really shocked by that. I didn't even He's know an that. Underdog, bro. Plus plus one sixty underdog wow. starting out. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. I didn't realize that. I think it's going to be a way tough fight for him. Um, so, yeah. Of course. I didn't realize that at all. Yeah, Leon's a tough fight for anybody. And what about Kamaru, being that you, you fought 170 in the 70-pound 70 70 division right now? Um, Kamaru Usman, do you think he's going to be the king for a while, or do you think some of these other guys are, are going to be able to beat him? Who do you think is the best technically welterweight when it's all said and done, when you got, you know, you got Kobe, you got Burns, you got – uh, Edwards, uh, you know, massive all with the full camp. Who do you think is going to be the, the last man standing here in the next couple months or few months? Uh, man, I, I think that uh, I want to see him. I want to see him beat uh, Leon and Gilbert. You know what I mean? I think uh, I think Leon's a tough fight for him. Uh, there's there's definitely some some interesting matchups, and I think Colby's a tough fight for him. You know, He's Colby, tough, yeah. it was two and two in my book going into the going into the fifth. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, there, I don't, I mean. I feel like you can interchange a couple of different those guys. You know, it's all going to be on whose night. Usman is the man, no doubt. But there's some serious talent in that division. Cool, man. Last thing, brother. Uh, what do you consider success? So when you're when you're when you're trying to get success with your your gyms and your businesses and training and all that, what do you judge success by? Is it financial security? Is it traveling? Is it having uh, material things? What is it that you're you're working for yeah. working so hard for obviously family too yep uh i sum it down to to uh to one one sentence it's to be able to do what i want to do when i want to do it without checking my bank account nice that's well put <laughs> very well put i think that's uh that's a lot of people <laughs> 
Yeah, that's I mean, fina- financial freedom, the ability to do whatever. Like, I, freedom. you know, I don't want to take vacation, but I want the option. You know, yeah. I want the freedom to be able to take a vacation if I want. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, listen, James, thanks for giving me all your time, man. I know you, I, I took a lot of your time today. I appreciate talking to you, getting to know you a lot better. And uh, I appreciate you you sharing everything that you did. And, and I enjoyed having you on the podcast. And I'd love to have you back on if you fight again or maybe before one of your guys fights or something like that. And we can kind of uh, talk about it, break down a card, something like that. Absolutely, man. I'm on. The, I'm on. I think I have somebody every other weekend in the UFC until the end of the year. So you just let me know whenever you want me back on. And let's do it. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, brother. All right, there we go. James Krause, uh, great podcast. It was good to get to know him a little bit better. I'd seen him fight before. I know he's a great coach. He's got great fighters. Um, and we caught him right there at the gym before he uh, got started doing his thing, uh, coming off a huge win over in Abu Dhabi. Um, I love his mindset. Yeah, I agree with a lot of his points on business, um, fighting, coaching, uh, I think it was really good. I think we had a fun time. I had a fun time at least. I hope you guys took a lot from it as well. If you're on YouTube, please leave us a comment. Uh, we'll be doing this as a premiere. So hopefully this is the end of the uh, chat. You guys had a fun time chatting and, and, and uh, leaving comments and, and um, just having a chat party. I like this new premiere option. This is kind of cool. So we're, we're going to be doing this for every podcast coming up. Uh, doing these premieres where we can live chat with you either it'll be at least myself and my team here with the uh, real quick mike swick podcast i think it's really cool to interact with you guys uh, outside of just the comments and uh, while the actual podcast is going on so we're going to keep this going uh, before and after the premiere starts please leave us comments we still will respond to comments we love hearing the feedback Um, you guys have been a big impact on on how this show is been shaped and, and the direction that it's going because we're listening to a lot of you guys and uh, we want to create something that's, uh, you know, good for everybody to, to take something from, you know, talking to guys like this is, is very valuable. I mean, this, this guy's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of uh, advice and, and it's good to, to pick his brain. And, and I think you guys took a lot from it. So uh, let these comments keep flowing and, and even the critiques, even if you don't like something, let us know. Um, we'll address everything. Uh, if you're listening to the audio platform, subscribe to us there or follow us or whatever it is. Um, leave reviews. We're on all of them, every audio platform. I'm going to quit listing them like I always do, but we're on all the audio platforms. We're on YouTube, everything. Uh, we thank you so much for the support, so much for the feedback. We appreciate you all and see you next time. Real quick, real quick, real quick with Mike Swig.